Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly Weekly from FederalBaseball.com. I'm Patrick Reddington. I have Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line. After the Nationals sweep Pittsburgh Pirates four straight in the nation's capital, back up to a 500 team. Are we ready to declare Davey Martinez a genius yet, yeah, Doghouse? Let's look at his first uh, genius I, move of the week. <laughs> Go ahead. Absolutely. Genius move after genius move this series. I think it is clear that even more so than any any other Nats manager I have said this about, which is probably all of them at one point or another, Davey's a genius. <laughs> we'll start with his first genius move. Lead off Bryce Harper. Harper was scuffling, not getting anything to hit. Second most walks in the month of, months of March and April in MLB history behind only Barry Bonds in 2004. Bonds went on to walk 232 times that year. That's just I just write that in every story. I mention it now because that's just ridiculous. But no protection behind Harper. So Martinez moves into the leadoff spot. He gets more at-bats per game there. Hopefully you'll see more pitches, at least in his first at-bat, since intentional leadoff walks would be ridiculous. <laughs> Pirates pitched to him in the last two games. Uh, runners were on in front of him. A big difference so far. Will he stick with it when the Nationals are at full strength, do you think? Uh, can we convince him to hit Harper second at that point when everyone's back? I like Rendon there, if not Harper. The so-called book says put your best hitter there. I think it's one of those two on this team. Uh, what do you think of Davies' move to put him there, uh, the results from Harper after he did, and what, come, what comes next when some of the players start trickling back into the lineup, hopefully? Well, it, I, I just want to remind everyone before we get into this discussion of lineup construction, <laughs> five runs a season. That's what difference this makes. Five runs over an entire season. All right. That said, um, I, I think this this is uh, a move that that Davies made, putting Bryce at the top of the order. This is not uh, a, an example of advanced analysis. This is an example of handling your players. I think while it's true, there's this whole protection thing and getting pitches to hit. I think some of this move is psychological. It's shaking up the lineup in a way that shows you support the player. You're interested in helping them do better to uh, get the best results they can. I think this is less so maybe making a brilliant tactical move or a, a move borne out by the numbers than it is Davy supporting Bryce Harper and helping him sort of get back on track mentally as well in terms of as in terms of you know mechanics and batting eye and everything like that so he can start getting back into some kind of groove again this is this is not uh, an x's and o's move this is a managing the players kind of move and that's something we're not always aware of as fans because you know all, all we see are the x's and o's and people moving around on the field and in the lineup i think here this is one where we can draw out and say okay he's he has a reputation as a guy who understands and values analysis, but I think he's also a guy who understands and has some ideas about how to motivate people. Right. Sticking with uh, Ryan Zimmerman in the cleanup spot, trying to get him going, moving Harper like he did. We saw Harper's reaction, some big hugs in the dugout there. Harper, uh, what's that horrible phrase? Seems to have gotten his smile back in the last couple of days. After <laughs> the frustration of getting walked that much, but 
Uh, you see these guys coming up and defending him now, which is good. Uh, you see a good relationship between Harper and him building, which we can all pray will have an effect. Nationals fans can pray that <laughs> will have an effect on Harper's futures and Davies uh, going to be here for a few years. Maybe Harper and him get along so well that that'll play a factor in his decision. But uh, we've we've seen him kind of managing people as much as managing games and uh, relying on statistics. And, and so far, uh, the results are positive, at least from what everyone's talking about publicly and. Not hearing anyone slight him uh, off the record or anything like that. It seems to be all positive so far. Uh, you didn't hear that much about Dusty Baker. You, there was uh, some noticeable non-endorsements at the end of Dusty Baker's time here. Uh, Harper, in particular, uh-huh. there was one interview where he didn't endorse him directly. So uh, overall, from what's coming out of the clubhouse and what you're hearing in published reports, uh, they seem to like Davey Martinez, and that's probably a good sign for him when the team is struggling. At least they're uh, forming a bond here as they struggle out of the gate at the start of the season. Yeah, and we've certainly touched on some of this struggle beforehand. Uh, you know, like 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 I said, the the Nats have potentially five five win players on the team, and three of them are on the DL right now. Uh, in spite of that, they are playing 500 right now. Uh, some people have come out of the woodwork and are uh, having the nice sort of uh, good seasons that a team that wants to do well and go, go far in the postseason always seems to need to have, you know, the sort of unexpected contributors they're getting, they're all getting their chances now. Not all of them are working out, but we're, we're seeing some good ones. And if this adds to the mental toughness and increases their, their W grit plus up over 100 for, uh, you know, when we measure their scrappiness at the end of the season with our quantitative measures, uh, I I think this may have uh, been something that's helped a little bit going through this experience together as a team. Our our scrappiness measurements are proprietary information. So please don't share those (laughs) with anyone. Sticking with that uh, thinking, so before we get to two of those people who are getting a chance and performing well, uh, the way Davey Martinez has been managing people so far, uh, Jeremy Hellickson was on the mound today, 57 and 61 pitches in his last two outings. Uh, Martinez clearly has him on a short leash. They've talked openly about his numbers the third time through the lineup not being positive so far. He also hasn't built up a lot of uh, arm strength. He signed late in spring training. He's only made a couple starts. I think Davey Martinez had five starts basically so far uh, between extended spring training and what he's done in the major leagues. I'm sure they're looking at more than small sample size from this season because he don't have much. But uh, he talked after the game about pulling him when he did. Uh, five and two-thirds, three hits, no runs allowed, no walks. He, he was in command out there, but there was a lefty coming up. He got hit hard, uh, gave up a hit, gave up a hard line drive before he was out of there. Just pulling up the quotes from his post-game uh, do, 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 do. Uh, I didn't really want him to face Gregory Polanco there. We had Sammy Solis ready, so it was a perfect time. I don't like doing it because he's pitching his butt off, but i got to think about the other 25 guys, and he kept us in the ball game. That's all we can ask him to do. Uh, Hellboy's reaction. I always call him Hellboy. I'm sorry. He's a professional. He's been really good. I mean, after the game, I gave him a big hug, and he said, we'll get it. Uh, and I said, yeah, I know you will. He keeps us in the game. That's all I ask. Keep us in the game, and we'll be fine. We saw he had a little uh, head-to-head with Gio Gonzalez about this, too. Pulled Gio earlier than he thought he should have been pulled. And then Sean Kelly ended up getting hurt when he came on. So Gio was upset about that and expressed that in the uh, two reporters. The next day they had a meeting and kind of hashed it all out and got along. But 
it's some tough decisions here that he's making that the players, uh, once he explains it to them, if he explains it to them, they seem to be going along with what he's doing. And uh, Helixson is a veteran, but has, you know, the numbers don't lie. He's struggled at certain times through. The guys just kind of figure him out. He's not throwing any fastballs, essentially. He's a change-up and off-speed guy. And he used to have a 95, 96-mile-an-hour fastball. That's just not there anymore. So now he's pitching in the zone and getting out. And third time through, that could be difficult. So it, it looks to me like he's making the right choice here, though it might be hard with a veteran. Yeah, and, and this is an example of, okay, we, we saw, okay, it's also an example of, of him managing people here. But uh, this is an example of Davey valuing analysis. Uh, I caught a little bit of the yeah. game on the radio, and I actually came in just before the pitching change listening to Dave Jagler go through the absolutely brutal career splits that Hellickson has going through the lineup the third time around and how in, you know, just a couple of appearances so far this season, it's been even worse. Uh, So this is an example of Davey saying, look, the numbers tell a story and the story is pretty convincing. And that story says you come out now. Uh, (laughs) Give, give him a chance. Oh, giving up hard contact. Looks like the story's right. Maybe we'll, we'll make a change here and see if we can get something constructive out of it. And, and this, of course, there's, there's also the, the other side of it that uh, maybe he'll be able to get you a few more outs if he's had a chance to stretch out a little bit, but the, the history is there. The, uh, the, the observations of current performance are there. And, uh, by not being beholden to the idea of we got to give the pitcher a chance to get a win instead yeah, we increase the chance of the team winning. And uh, it is, it is amazing. refreshing to see a manager who wants to get the team win first and then smooth it over with the players later and make sure that they understand, look, nothing, for, nothing against you. I just, I just want to get the team the win. And I, I think that's probably part of that conversation he's having with people after he makes these moves, which seem uh, not traditional in terms of respecting the veteran, respect the team. I was 100% going there. If you didn't mention it, uh, all I ask of managers in that case is don't manage to the pitcher win. For God's sakes, don't do that. It's all about the <laughs> pitcher wins are win. dumb. Uh, I know they get when they go to arbitration, when they're talking free agency, it ends up being important for them. I know it matters to the pitchers, but it matters more that the team gets a win. And managing to the pitcher win is one of my biggest frustrations with some of the veteran managers they've had over the years. So if he sticks to that alone, I'll be very happy with this. Uh, we've talked about some of the lesser known or less was expected of them guys that are uh, impressing so far this season. Wilmer Defoe in particular has gotten a lot of uh, attention recently. He impressed last season filling in for Trey Turner when he had the broken wrist. He put up a 322, 358, 447 line, four doubles, three triples, three home runs, and a 40-game stretch between June and August, uh, eight for 17, double home run on the homestand going into today's game. Uh, he's getting on base as a number nine hitter in the last two games. Martinez has talked about his enthusiasm being infectious, if a little weird. Those are my words. I'm just <laughs> transcribing what he says. Uh, his description of Defoe's reaction to a homer the other day was kind of hilarious. Uh, he told him all he wants him to do is get on base, and then he said, oh, I got this guy, <laughs> and hit the home run uh, they're going to have to find at-bats for him when the regulars return, but he's once again impressing, giving an opportunity. I like him defensively, and defensive defensive metrics loved him last season at short. 
I don't know what more you could ask really out of a utility guy. You reached base 11 times in four games against the Pirates and getting those runners on in front of Harper, even in the leadoff spot, getting that nine hitter on and getting traffic on the bases so they can't walk Bryce Harper and have to try to pitch to him worked out pretty well. So Defoe is definitely, uh, Martinez singled him out after last night's game as someone who's making a big difference here while everyone else is kind of heating up around him too. Yeah, and, and thanks to that recent explosion of offensive production that we've gotten out of Wilma Defoe, I think, I think he's been something like 8 for 10 uh, out of the ninth spot in, in the last few games. Uh, we have finally managed to knock Adam Eaton and Anthony Rendon out of the top five offensive players on the Nats so far this season. And it's, it's all five are <laughs> active players now, which is a little bit, uh, a little bit more reassuring. But uh, it's, it's a bit weird to have that top five go – Harper Turner, Matt Adams, Wilmer Defoe. That's uh, probably not something I would expect. And and Matt Adams has turned out to be uh, a, a delightful surprise against the righties. Yeah, he's next on my list. Six for 11, three home runs in the series. 11 for 20, four home runs since a big game in uh, San Francisco. 347, 439, 776, uh, three doubles, four home runs in 13 games he started before this afternoon. Defensively, I'm politely uh, saying he's serviceable and left. And I noted in my notes here that we also <laughs> like to we also like to say often that Josh Willingham used to play left. Willingham at uh, should, should the Nationals be going with a full-on platoon at this point? He he can't hit lefties. That's pretty well established in his career, though. I'm sure he'd argue with that. Uh, Zimmerman continues to struggle. 141, 187, 296 versus righties so far this year kind of makes it a strong argument for. Matt Adams being in there, you want to get uh, Zimmerman going, but Adams is clearly a better option against righty so far. I also think this we got to go back to Mike Rizzo's decision here. I pulled up the quote uh, from when he decided not to bring Adam Lind back. Adam Lind, 16 for 45 as a pinch hitter last year. Three, that's 356, 396, 644. Tied the franchise record with four pinch hit home runs. He had a $5 million option. Uh, Rizzo's comment at the time when they passed on that, and uh, Lind passed on it as well as a mutual option, but he said, we felt that $5 million will get a capable bat for that or less, and it doesn't preclude us from going after Lind himself. Instead, they uh, signed up Matt Adams for $4 million, and so far it's kind of paying off for them. He, he looks really good at the plate the last couple games. Uh, he hit some big home runs, even hit some oppo home runs, and he was just stressing in his post-game interview that he's not just a pull hitter, but – he has impressed over the last couple of games, and he might give Davey Martinez a tough decision going forward with Zimmerman. Yeah, he, he hit a far one in that last series that kind of looked, looked done-esque, speaking of comparison to stone-footed uh, <laughs> corner outfielders from the past. Um, I, I, I'm torn here. I mean, I've been watching the Nats since they've come to D.C. I remember when Zim debuted. I just – I want him to do well and I want him to be on the Nats and have a good season when they have a good season and go far in the postseason. Uh, that said, to get there, Zim's not going to be the one to do it at this point. Uh, he still has the velocity. I can still say, you know, exit speed, uh, bad luck. Look at that thing he parked on the red porch uh, today. Uh, but, uh, Adams is productive now is getting, getting results now go to a strict platoon. Oh, it, it breaks my heart to suggest it, but the players themselves are making the case now, regardless of our, our sentimentality. 
going back to today's game, there's been a little conversation about overusing some of the relievers so far. I'd argue a lot of it has to do with the amount of close games the Nationals are playing. Martinez has pointed that out as well. They haven't blown anyone out, so he's kind of sticking with the A-team a little more than he might like to. Uh, today they have Ryan Matson on in the eighth inning. Uh, hit by pitch starts the inning. One out later he gets up a single. He gets a, what should have been a double play out of Adam Frazier. Uh, Martinez was talking about that a lot too. You can't keep on giving away outs and hope to keep winning these games. But he doesn't get the double play there. That puts two on, one out at the at, at that point. Uh, that loaded the bases. Yeah, that, that that did load the bases. Excuse me. Uh, at that point, he goes to Sean Doolittle for a five-out save. Uh, I, he hadn't pitched since the 29th of April, so you got to think he has the arm strength at this point to do that. But uh, what do you think about him going with Doolittle for the five-out save? He said, "I've got all the confidence in the world in him. I've got all the confidence in the world in Madsen. I really do." Madsen had the double play. We couldn't turn it. Uh, Doolittle came on, got a double play. They couldn't turn either there, where the Pirates only run scored, but. Uh, just the, the overall work that this bullpen's done so far in uh, using uh, Doolittle for a five-out save for the first time in several years, according to a lot of the tweets I was seeing going around there. Well, uh, this this really confused me because, I mean, doesn't eighth-inning guy pitch eighth-inning? <laughs> yeah, this, this, this again was refreshing to find a manager who is not tied to managing the game to the hold stat uh, instead of to the team win. Um you know, he came in and did his job. The Nats had a defensive miscue, and then David looked at it and said, okay, what are the matchups coming up? What's our game situation? Doolittle's fresh. I like the matchup. Bring him in against the lefty. Let's see if he can go five. Uh, that's good analysis. That's flexibility. That's playing to the strengths of the pieces that you have ready at the time. Uh, and I think that's that's very promising going forward, that we've got someone who is – flexibly minded, willing to use the resources he has at hand to maximize the chance of winning the game, not achieving stats for a particular player. It's refreshing. I got to give it that much. Uh, before we get out of here, just touch on some of the injury updates. Anthony Rendon headed out to Potomac tonight to play his first rehab game. One or two games is all they're expecting him to do down there before he comes back up. Uh, so that's a positive sign on Rendon. Rizzo also said on uh, Sports Junkies yesterday that they, had, uh, I don't retrofitted, is that the word I'm looking for? His uh, cleats to kind of give him some <laughs> little protection there, some cushioning on the toe. That's been a problem for all these weeks. Uh, the bad news on that front, Daniel Murphy says he still has a little hitch in his giddy-up, not running at 100%, so he's still going to be out a little while. Adam Eaton apparently is walking around in a boot because his uh, bone bruise in his ankle isn't healing the way they'd hoped it would. We got some positive there. Uh, I don't think the way that I was at Winterfest this morning, this winter when they were all talking about Daniel Murphy, the expectation was pretty much going into spring training that he'd be back by opening day or a little bit after that. I don't think anyone anticipated that the first week of May he'd still be running with some problems and working his way back. Uh, Eaton, everyone thought he was 100% at the start of the season. This bone bruise seems to have been lingering to the point where you have to wonder what's going on there and hope that he can come back because uh, they gave up an awful lot for him in that trade. Uh, he's a solid player. He showed that in the times he's been healthy, but first two seasons hasn't been healthy a whole lot. But getting uh, Rendon back will be nice. Getting Eaton and Murphy back eventually, hopefully, uh, really just changes this lineup. And the fact that they're 16-16 and 16 now playing with the Syracuse, Syracuse Sky Chiefs, as Bryce Harper put it, yeah. uh, <laughs> impressive what they've been able to do, but you want the team at full strength and the lineup you expected to have out there every day. 
Yeah, you look at what they've been able to achieve with the pieces that they've had. If if you go all contacts neutral, as I love to do, the team has three or four more wins just based on luck and sequencing and things like that. If you add back the three 15 win or the 15 wins worth of players who've been out of the lineup, and okay, that's assuming they all have really good seasons, but that's another three wins. Suddenly, the Nats are running away with the division. Uh, not saying that that's inevitably going to happen when people come back and I'm going to use quotes with my fingers healthy and, uh, and get back into the lineup. But it, it's certainly looking a lot more promising now than it was uh, when we were talking last week. I mean, a lot of baseball left uh, a lot of season. It's still early ish, but uh, the wins and losses that uh, have been racked up so far turn out to count at the end of the season. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad the Nats are, are no longer below 500 and that the, the pieces that are here seem to be clicking pretty well. Six and four in their last 10, five straight wins after winning four straight against the Pirates, 16 and 16 overall in the year. The 17 and 13 Phillies come in this weekend. Uh, they're two games back in the division, Nationals four, so they can chip away at the team right ahead of them. Still not comfortable with the fact that the New York Mets have half a game back in Atlanta Braves somehow, 19-11 in, in first place in the so National League. Uh, first week of May, uh, I think you'd make a lot of money if you would bet on that happening. Coming tomorrow, 7.05, Gio Gonzalez versus former Nats prospect Nick Pavetta. Uh, first of three with the Phillies this weekend. Hopefully the Nats can keep the winning going and this uh Street, uh, homestand on a good streak and then head out there to San Francisco, uh, San Diego, I should say, and Arizona after that. Matt's Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com, signing off at this point. Everyone loves Wilmer Defoe. That's my final thought for the day. Go Nats. Talk to you soon, sir.